Welcome back to another episode of A Time to Think. Christopher Tillman, Josh Holland, we both pastor churches in central Wisconsin. A Time to Think is devoted time, set aside time to think. To think. Mm-hmm. think through what, Chris? Things. Come on, I've been doing this intro every <laughs> podcast for two months now, oh. and you don't even know what my line is. What are we thinking through? Well, we're thinking through. We're thinking through things that we Might believe be are important. Im- yes, important, valuable issues. matters, issues. Where? In what spheres? In the lives of people we in care about. In the culture and the church goodness. <laughs> wow, you cannot find good help these days. Nope. Um, <laughs> This is podcast episode number four that we're recording today, if you cannot tell. And uh, by the time this one is released, we will be post-Christmas, which means we'll all be a slight pant size higher, and we'll be ready for New Year's resolutions. So on this this episode, we're talking about New Year, New Me, New Year's Mm -hmm. resolutions, and and particularly from the angle of why why do we seek to establish resolutions? Um, Why do we wait till the new year? To establish resolutions, why do they fail? So, Chris, give me give me a resolution that you've tried that's failed. Read through the Bible in one year. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've read through the Bible many times. However, reading through the Bible in one year tends to have a February to March expiration for many people. Mm-hmm. So do you ever think in September, hey, I want to read through the Bible in one year. I'll start now. Go September no. to October. No, I really don't. So why do you think you wait till January? Because it's time to buy a new calendar from your Snap-on tool representative. <laughs> what, is it about, what is it about the turn of the year? What is it about the newness of January that leads people to, to do something in January that they wouldn't do in October? Yeah, it's just a marker. I mean, it's just a marker. It's to say, here is something new. Everybody is on the same page, literally on the same page. In your calendar, you turn your calendar, and you say, okay, looking at different cars this month on my Snap-on calendar than I did last month. It's, it's, it's different. It's mm-hmm. new. So everybody is, is doing that. They're all looking and saying, yeah, what like a reset calendar. Button. Yeah, reset button for the culture. Yeah. Is there anything helpful there? Um, I think so. You know, I don't think we'd be talking about it if there wasn't something um, helpful or, or truthful to be, to be kind of gleaned from it. Um, but I think, you know, to your, to your question that was an uh, appropriate question for any of us to ask is to say, do you ever get to September and ask the question, well, should I be reading the, Bi- reading the Bible in one year? Can I start now? Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't like to think in those terms because we, we want to have a, a, a concrete fixed point that we hit reset and do something that's different than what we've always done. And, uh, you know, there are different reasons we can kind of tease out as to why that is. But, yeah. I think that maybe the helpful part of the reset is there, it's, there's goodness to having regular times of evaluation. You know, you have an anniversary right. with your spouse that you can reflect on what was hard about the past year, what you might hope for the next right. year. You have a birthday where maybe you reflect on what you accomplished or how, you, how you're different now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, you have these different markers. And so January 1 becomes a new marker where, you know, whether it feels arbitrary or not, it is the start of a new thing. It's the start right. of a new calendar year. And therefore, it can lead you to think, is there anything that I would like to do differently? Mm-hmm. And that's good. Yep. I think self-evaluation is an incredibly Christian concept. Yep. Uh, God is constantly calling us to look within ourselves, not just to find ourselves, which mm-hmm. we talked many moons about with Carl Truman, but to yep. look in ourselves to find 
what needs to be reshaped, what needs to be recreated, what needs to be to have new birth and new life. So in and of itself, the January 1 turn of the calendar, as far as it gets you to think what needs to be new, it can be a very Christian yeah, thing to do. Yeah, and I think even each month, I, like, I, like I referenced, I mean, I've got this calendar in my office. Uh, was given to me as a gift by a, by a friend and, and a former church member before they moved away. And um, it's a calendar that's just filled with classic cars every single month. So it's like, okay, what, do I, what new classic like car set? Like the Kia set? Soul? The one yeah, with like the, the yeah, the Kia Soul. The Kia Soul. That's a classic The car. Chrysler, the Baron, another, another great vehicle. But, you know, I love cars. And so it's, it's, it's fun. Each month I, I walk in my office and the first of the month I turn the calendar. I'm like, well, what do I get to stare at now? You know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's an entire month where you're like, it's fresh, it's new. And, yeah, there is, there's something incredibly good, right, and biblical about just saying, like, newness, not simply for the sake of newness, but newness represents something that's desirable. Mm-hmm. So. Are there, are there types of things that you think about when you see that new calendar, that new turn of the year types of things you tend to evaluate? Yeah. I mean, I, I think generally speaking, it's, it's, uh, man, I think even the turn of the week for me, I'm, I'm a lot of times when I'll drive up here on Mondays, I'm thinking, okay, Sunday is typically the day where I will like not let myself go, but like in, in terms of like eating, you know, so, so you try to be, be good about how you're eating throughout the week. For me, Sunday is a day where it's just, I am exhausted from preaching. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go home and I'll probably have something that's more junk foodish. Yeah. And then Monday morning comes around. I'm thinking, okay, time to be healthy again. Time to be healthy. So, so we're going to go have Panera. We're going to have salads. We're going to mm-hmm. do something like that where I can feel good about the fact that I'm getting back on track with something I know I'm is good for me. starting well at the beginning. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. There's something inherent good to starting well at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so, you know, maybe one analogy is uh, I've run a couple half marathons. And the first one I ran, I ran with a friend, Paul, who he really helped me because I guess what happens when you run half marathons or you're in marathons, you run races is race day comes. You're really excited. You got your race shirt on. You're around maybe a couple hundred, couple thousand mm-hmm. people. You've got your bib on and you go too fast too soon. And so experienced racers know that you need to pace yourself early on because mm-hmm. the first two or three miles of that 13 or that 26, really nothing. Yeah. they should feel like nothing. You should be able to keep it going. But if you, and you need to start well, is essentially the, the point sure. of that analogy. If you start well, you set yourself up. Yep. Just like on Monday, if you start well, uh, then you set yourself up for the rest of the mm-hmm. week. January, you start well. Maybe one more reflection on the analogy you just gave with Sundays to Mondays is end of November, end of December is probably the time of year where you eat more than anything else. Sure. So it's natural for you to be eyeing January 1 uh-huh. and going, dietary changes, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that it's interesting that in your week, you gave this this illustration of what might happen toward the end of the year. Mm-hmm. This binging, this feasting even in a good mm-hmm. a good use of the term that now leads to us needing yeah. to start off fresh um one thing i want to go back to the bible reading plan in september idea mm-hmm. because i think this exposes a little bit of our problem with resolutions the reason that we don't start reading the bible in a year in september i don't think is just because we're waiting for a new fresh reset button sure i think it's fundamentally because there's a thing that we know to be good that we think we should start, but we want to start it today. We kick it down the road. Yeah. And yeah. so our dear, beloved friend, Justin Davitsky, he has been honest with us that he, for years, had a running joke with his wife about New Man Monday. <laughs> Remember New Man Monday? 
R- remind me of the just, details. He was always going to be a new man on Monday. Yeah. But he was always saying this on Friday or Thursday. So inherent in new man Monday is, I'm going to be a new man. But, but I got later. chicken wings to eat this weekend. But yeah. I got chicken wings yeah. to eat, right? That's Justin. So we, I, w- I want us to think a little bit about resolutions in that way. There's something in us, Chris, that knows a good thing, right. that even wants the good thing, but we don't want it bad enough to do it now. Yep. We want it later. Mm-hmm. We'll be a new man on Monday. Yep. New year, new me. And it'll be easier on Monday because everybody's doing it on Monday. Right? Do you think that's the reason? Do you think it'll be easier later? I think so. I mean, I think just in, in terms of, you know, when, when people, you know, people don't generally speaking, and I mean, culture is shifting in some ways in this, in this area, but like people don't generally want to show up at their office and be like, everybody, I have a declaration to make. <laughs> I have been eating garbage for many months now. But today, mark this, today, September 4th, yeah, just pick some day, <laughs> September 4th, things are going to change. But, but if everybody can come in and everybody shows up January 2nd, you know, even though we working on January 1st, January 2nd, people are like, man, I ate too much, I ate junk, I, you know, people who go out and drink, you know, drinking on, on New Year's Eve, yeah, I did these things, you did it too, right? Yeah, we should not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's just this sense of camaraderie in, I think, a negative way, to be perfectly honest. Like, yeah, we realize we're all doing some stupid things. We should probably change. But we realize next year we're going to say the same thing mm-hmm. because we don't really want to change. We instead want to just have this sense of kind of corporate acknowledgement. Things do need to be different. But whether it's January 1st or whether it's September 4th, either way, we just don't want those things the way that we should. And so we just kind of try to pin it on an external circumstance before we actually take responsibility for ourselves. So you're saying inherent in New Man Monday is a lack of desire to actually make the change? Because if you're... Uh, Justin, uh, as you will be listening, I, I know... Um, Which he'll yes. probably, by the way, be listening while he's training for a marathon. So yeah. He's, yeah. You know, he's diligent he in that He still loves regard. his chicken wings, though. still it's loves just, his chicken you know, wings. He's not in the room, so why not talk about him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think inherent in, in, the, in the new man Monday idea is just kind of the, I know what I'm about to do, and it'll get better later. Hmm. You know, I know what I'm about to do, but I'll change it later. Because I know this is something I really enjoy, so I'm just going to like, yeah. I know, like for me yesterday, my mom and dad stopped over, dropped off some cookies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like for lunch, and I'm thinking, okay, how can I budget my calories today? Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to have, I'm going to have a lot of cookies right now, but I'm not going to eat a lot for dinner. Right, so but I know that right now I can do this, and then later on I can kick the can down the road, and I know tomorrow morning I'm gonna be heading up to Wausau, and I'll probably have a nice healthy lunch or something. Yeah. So we'll just like kind of manipulate things, even though you probably shouldn't be eating a whole load of cookies right now. You find a way to kind of work around it. What What would the Christian faith have to say about this idea that I want to kick the can till Monday or till Gen One? It's something I. I'm doing something now that I really know I shouldn't, but it'll get easier, better later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the the equivalent, and and then how we address that is just like the, the 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 relationship we have with sin generally. I mean, in any Christian's not life, just Justin, but all of us, right? Correct. Just so we're clear. Correct. Not just Justin, um, but you know, in any Christian's life, we we tend to so we'll like eliminate certain things that are pretty easy to eliminate from other people's perceptions. Right, so if, if somebody becomes a Christian, it's like, well, you, you clearly are not going to be somebody who's going to be out like 
cussing up a storm. You're clearly going to be somebody who's not sleeping around. Clearly somebody who's not going to be out getting drunk or using drugs. These are all things that are kind of like easy to clean up mm-hmm. on the outside. Uh, but we, we fail to recognize, so Jerry Bridges' a book uh, called Respectable Sins, really helpful book. And um, it basically just addresses the fact like we have sins in our hearts that we really do cherish and we don't really talk about because everybody tends to cherish them. We just kind of give them proper terms mm-hmm. or ways that we can, you know, it, the, the classic example is, um, is is gossip. There's just this desire we have to gossip. And a lot of times it comes across like prayer requests, like, oh, oh. Could, could you, uh, Josh, could, could you pray for, uh, pray for Beth? You know why you should pray for Beth, Josh? Beth has a problem with lust. You know, in mm-hmm. fact, I heard Beth has such a problem with lust that I think she's been cheating on her husband. Mm-hmm. Now, you keep that between us, but you should really pray for Beth. And so, it's, you know, Jerry Bridges makes a good point of saying, just examine, like, what's going yeah. on inside there. And so for the Christian, as, as we address these issues of, like, the things that we do love that we don't want to actually deal with now, we kind of put down the road later, it's because there is a certain comfort that's attached. You know, sin has a comfort level mm-hmm. attached to it. That's what, if sin were uncomfortable, completely uncomfortable, it's, it's not, it wouldn't be desirable for us to yeah. participate in. And so when, when we think about things like the eating going into January, it's like, man, I've got November 23rd until December 31st to eat whatever I want to yeah. eat. And like when it comes to the Christian life, the, the sad reality is that we should recognize the fact that in our hearts, if we give ourselves the kind of leash that says, well, tomorrow I'll deal with this. We're, we're making allowance for something that is destructive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like if you're, if you're eating garbage for a month and a half, you're, you're not only going to have to, like, stop eating garbage after that, but you're going to have to undo a whole mess that you've yeah. made for yourself. And if we make those allowances for sin in our lives, you know, the, the gospel doesn't allow us to make allowances for sin like that. It says, uh, you know, now is the appointed day. It says, do not participate in the unfruitful works of darkness. Like, as long as today is called today, mm-hmm. don't ignore the voice. Like, all these different calls that we hear repeatedly throughout Scripture saying, don't put things off for tomorrow that mm-hmm. you know to be good today. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> that's good. We often don't... We often don't think about the fact that the hole we're digging, we have to fill in before we can build right. anything on top of it. Yep. You know, so... Yep. You know... It, it's not only, obviously we keep going back to the diet analogy because that seems to be the one that everyone wants to do. Right. Um, but if you gain five pounds in December, you not only have to lose the five pounds to start January to get back to where you were to start December, right? Yeah. But you also have to undo all the habits that, and that's right. the biggest thing for me. And when I evaluate myself on a, on a Monday diet-wise, it's not just weight gain, it's habits gained. Right. And, that, and that's where the sin issue comes in yep. is when we, when we say, ah, I can put this off till tomorrow, we're engaging in a habit that we're going to have to then break. And sometimes when you're getting over an addiction, the habit is as hard to break. It's the time of day you give yep. it that addiction or whatever that is that is sometimes as hard to break as is yep. the chemical component of yep. it. Um, and so inherent in the New Year's resolution, if the New Year's resolution is based in I can fix this later, I can fix this tomorrow, mm-hmm. then what it's speaking to, like you're saying, is the issue's not serious enough for me to deal with now. Right. I don't want the change bad enough to do it now. Yep. Uh, I really want what's comfortable and easy and potentially harmful more now. Yep. Um, 
So that's, that's a, a helpful thing. I think I have maybe two more that we can talk about. One is something I've learned in my marriage. been married for close to six years now. And marriage is a, marriage is a mirror in a lot of ways because the things you get away with in your own head, you don't get away with when you say them out loud to your spouse. Sure. And they hear, they hear your rationalizations and they hear your justifications and they see your habits over the course of a couple of years. And then they go, do you know that you do this? <laughs> And one of them for me that I had to learn is I I would tell my wife a lot of things I was going to do that I never did. Sure. So I'm going to try this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to give up this. And I would do it for a couple of days and then stop. Mm-hmm. And marriage forced me to come face to face with the fact that I did that. Mm-hmm. Because I had made that September 4th declaration. Sure. So... Um, I had told my wife I'm going to do something, and then I'd either never started it and made excuses, or I'd started it and failed. And my wife just gently at one point said, do you know that you kind of have these big ideas of things you're going to start, and you don't finish them? Yeah. Like the running joke in our household is that I don't, I, for whatever reason, I get to the silverware portion of the dishes, and I want to be done. I, you know, I get to the last 10 pages of the book. I just don't want to finish the job. Mm. And my wife has shown me that about myself. And yeah. And where that comes to think about the Christian life is um, God tells us to let our yes be yes. Mm -hmm. God takes very seriously that when we say we are to do something, we'll do it. And he takes it very seriously because it is is at the core of his character. Because in Genesis 3, when God says, there will come a seed from the woman who will crush the head of the serpent, he means that. It's a promise. He is, as Hebrews tells us, a God who cannot lie. Yep. And is it First Corinthians? It says all of the promises of God are yes and amen mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So God takes very seriously that when someone says they are to set out to do something, mm-hmm. that they do it because he wants us to take seriously yeah. that when he says he's setting out to do something, he will do it. Yep. And, and I, I've reflected on that as a husband that I want, I want my wife to see a man who when he says he's going to do something, will mm-hmm. do it which means I need to be more careful with what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. Now, where that plays into New Year's resolutions is to say, it, it doesn't help me as a husband or a father or as a pastor or as a friend to tell all my friends about these cockamamie ideas of New Year's <laughs> resolutions I have. Yeah. Because they could be any number of ideas. I've always right. got one that I could start. I love starting things. Yeah. But it doesn't build a ton of trust in Chris, my friend or colleague, if he sees a man who's constantly starting and never finishing. Because... Resolutions, no one says, my New Year's resolution is to start a resolution. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to finish something. Yeah. And, and I think we, in regards to resolutions, we, we need to take seriously what it says to the people around us mm-hmm. if we start a thing and don't finish it. Yeah. And um, yeah, marriage has shown me that, that that's cool. a serious thing. Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, lady. <clears throat> She's not listening. I've told you that. <laughs> Um, she has to hear me talk about all the podcast ideas before we record them. Oh, so, yeah. you know, then she checks out. But she doesn't get your content because you're not That's there. That's true. That's yeah. true. I should tell you that. You should listen to the podcast to listen to Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, one more thing I'd love to get your thoughts on. New Year's resolutions by nature <clears throat> are usually quantifiable, right? Sure. I'm going to give up this for a length of time. Yep. I'm going to start this. I'm going to attain this degree or this. I'm going to lose this amount of pounds. 
But I see in the scriptures that often what God is calling us to change and to grow in is unquantifiable. Mm -hmm. Be self-controlled. Be gentle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've I've said before that the most annoying of the elder qualifications for me is to be a lover of good. (laughs) When Titus says, be husband of one wife, I can go, nailed it. I can do that, yeah. All right, quantifiable. When he says, be able to teach, I think, okay, I need to get better at it. I need to grow in it. But like, yeah, I can teach. Sure. It says be a lover of good. That is, the, that is an annoyingly unquantifiable What's that thing. supposed to mean, right? Yeah. Um, be faithful. That's a mm-hmm. biblical command. Yeah. How, how do you see things like faithfulness, loving good, gentleness, <clears throat> self-control, fruit to the spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We talked about contentment. Yeah. All these unquantifiable things. How do, how do we see that in, in regards to resolve to start something new? Excuse me. You know, I, I think when it comes to the, the resolve, there... One of the tough things with the Christian life or with the health of a church, you know, I think just for us in a pastoral level, it, it's easy for people to put health, like church health, on a quantifiable spectrum. So it's like, okay, we're going to add X number of people this year, mm-hmm. and that's going to show that we've been healthy. Yeah. Now, that's an absolutely insane approach towards church health, just to be perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. That is not an appropriate way to evaluate the health of a church because there are plenty of... And that's of... not just because we're bleeding out. Like, <laughs> I think both of us would describe our churches currently as healthy places, yes. but not because we're adding people hand over fist. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and so we, we love the health of our church, and we love the health of the church because it's evident in things that, quite frankly, aren't quantifiable. Mm-hmm. Because the nature of the Christian life is not a quantifiable reality. Now, you can, you can take the pulse of the church, the pulse of an individual by looking at certain things that might be quantifiable. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be appropriate to say like, are people leaving the church left and right? Okay, if the church is experiencing massive hemorrhaging of mm-hmm. members, man, take that as a pulse opportunity. Right. Why? You know, and you ask the question, why are they leaving? If they're leaving because they're pursuing sin, uh, they're leaving because they don't like sound truth and they're going to some bizarre cult. Well, okay, that doesn't mean there's something unhealthy. Mm-hmm. However, um, you know, you can evaluate the, the, the nature of, of health as it's reflected in these types of things. And so I would say when it comes to the nature of somebody's spiritual health, personally, it's almost reflected in, in the presence of the opposite. And that basically would say, like, Okay, you, you may not you may not be able to see that you are a more loving person by just thinking, Am I more loving? But you think about what is the opposite of love look like in my life typically? Mm-hmm. What does it look like for me to be unloving toward people? And you can quantify that, hmm. right? So you can look and say, Have I been more or less prone to be snappy and angry with my kids? If I see an uptick in that, uptick in the frequency of that then that's evidence of the fact that I'm that my my resolve to be a more loving person is not there. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think sometimes the the presence of the opposite is a better indicator sometimes for the non quantifiable realities that we look for, simply because like that that's the gross exaggeration of something that should not be present there. But then what is what is the resolve to change the non quantifiable look like? Yeah. Because it doesn't look like on January one. I'm going to, and, and don't yeah. all Christians feel this? We, we, ex, we hear a sermon and we, right. whether it's an, an yeah. exhortation sermon about what Christians should do 
or it's a sermon about what Christ has done, right. we listen to the sermon and we say, I'm not that. I need to change. Yep. But it is a change and it's like, okay, well, I need to change and spread the gospel more, but does that mean once a week? And it, it, it's right. another one of those unquantifiable things, but we feel a need to change. What is the resolve there to change the unquantifiable? Yeah, I, I think the initial resolve, uh, without trying to sound hyper-spiritual, Come on. Is, to, <laughs> is to say, like, you, you should legitimately take up the case with the Lord over the issue and just say, okay, if I, if I find myself to not be as prayerful as I should be, and this is the, the vast majority of Christians will identify with this at some point, um, to say, I look at myself and I don't think I'm praying for other people the way that I should. Okay, so first of all, take it up before the Lord because no amount of personal effort is going to bring about the good fruit that God mm-hmm. desires for his people because God's, the fruit that God bears in the life of his people is ultimately, it's a product of grace. And so you come to God and say, I, I don't find myself to be a very prayerful person, so I'm just gonna acknowledge that to you and I need you to change that in me. Mm-hmm. And so that's where there's a huge difference between the resolution of a non-Christian and the resolution of a Christian and the resolution over matters that are non-quantifiable and, and matters that seem like, oh, you can just put them down on a calendar. It's because you're actually going to the Lord and you're saying, I can't produce this myself. Mm. I need you to produce this in me. And quite frankly, you're going to probably make things evident to me Was where Augustine, the absence... give what you command? Yeah, absolutely. Give what you command is this command assertion yeah. that what God needs and desires and demands of me, I just can't do. Right. Which is why it's so beautiful when Paul says... Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Essentially, resolve to do better, but work out your salvation with fear and trembling because Because it is God who works in you to will for his good pleasure. So I love that. You start by taking it to the Lord and saying, I can't change. I need you to change this uh, in me. And I think that's that's one scriptural principle that helps is if you're resolving to change something, start there. I need the grace of God. This is why... You know, the Apostle Paul, who many would say is the greatest Christian save Jesus, right? If you can call Jesus a Christian. He's the greatest man in the Christian faith under Christ. And yet in 1 Corinthians 15, he's able to say, I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but the grace of God in me. You know, and if he can say that, we need to have that same posture that there are things that I need to be resolved to change. But even as I work hard, it will only take effect if it's the grace of Christ in me, yeah. which is why that same preaching that drives us toward change needs to drive us toward the grace of Christ so mm-hmm. we, can, we can feed on Christ. Mm. Um, before we go, uh, maybe two thoughts, and I'll try to be brief here. Yeah. If we're going to have quantifiable resolutions, attach them to the unquantifiable traits. Mm-hmm. So let's say you are like many people who January 1 hits and you want a diet change. If your only diet change is because you want to look better or lose weight, or fit in a new pant size, I think that resolution's going to fail pretty mm. pretty quickly, because there's a reason that you wanted to eat now. Sure. You know, you're going to go back to the comfort. Right. However, if you can say, you know what, when I look at the fruits of the Spirit, man, I don't have any self-control. Self-control, yeah. I don't have self-control with my tongue. I don't have self-control with my money. I don't have self-control with my food. Actually, maybe this resolution is less about looking good and more about saying, God, by his grace in me, wants me to be a more self-controlled man next January 1. And so when I look at food, I'm going to look at it and say, God is producing in me Mm self-control, which is just a fundamentally different way to look at a resolution. Um, So that's one. If if you can attach essentially a physical resolution to a spiritual truth, Mm -hmm. then then it's going to help. Um, Two is, I would say, for the Christian, 
have a have a good view of work and rest. Um, have a good view of work and rest. I've been I've been studying a little bit about just the way in which God created the world, and and before the fall of man, you have six days of work and one day of rest, and then mm. you have um, the Sabbath and the Mosaic administration, and then you still have Jesus as the Lord of the Sabbath, and then you have Hebrews saying there's a Sabbath rest that yet mm-hmm. remains, and so we still have this work and rest dynamic, and the biblical work and rest dynamic is six days of work and one day of rest, and I would say we can we can use that component in regards to our spiritual growth as well. Don't don't wait till January 1. Start on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Take your day of rest on Sunday. Go receive the mm-hmm. grace and mercy of Christ. Sing the, the mercies mm-hmm. of Christ at church. Rest from the weariness of trying to fix mm-hmm. yourself. And then start back up on Monday and say, God, by his grace, is calling me to be renewed in my mind, is calling mm-hmm. me to be more, to make every effort, yep. uh, Second Peter says. And I'm going to do it for six days. And I'm going to pursue his grace and mm-hmm. mercy and make every effort for six days. And then one day a week, I'm going to say, to a great degree, I need to rest from trying harder. Mm. You know, and for me, what that looks like in my life is six days a week, I am voraciously reading. Mm. Just always reading. I'm, I'm looking at my preaching and saying, what can I do better? I'm looking at my ministry and saying, what can I do better? I'm looking mm-hmm. at the church saying, what can I do better? What can I do better? What yep. can I do better? I'm reviewing these podcasts. How can we do better? How can I say like less? I mean, all these different things. <laughs> yeah. And then on Fridays, I say, I'm not going to try to get better today. Yeah. Because God in Christ has worked for me. And it's a good application. So we don't have to wait till January 1 and then have this unending resolution in which we right. never rest. We never lose enough weight to stop. Right. We say, I'm going to work for six and rest for one. And I can start that this week. Mm. That's pretty practical. All right, man. That's what I'm trying to do. Mm. Be practical. Thanks for taking some time to think. If this was helpful, like, rate our podcast, send it to a friend, uh, and tell us what you'd like to hear about. Uh, we, we're kind of just going off of what we think, but if you've got series ideas or questions um, to send in, we'd love to hear them and love to interact with them.